Welcome to the Telford Minster podcast. Thank you for joining us and listening along. Our vision is to make Jesus known in Telford and we hope that your attention is grabbed by Jesus today and what he is doing in your life. We have now moved into the completed Minster space on South Water Square in Telford and we'd love to invite you to come along and give church a try at our 4pm gatherings every Sunday opposite Wilco's and above Novella Lounge. Enjoy the podcast. was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked where is the one who has been born to the born king of the Jews we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him when King Herod heard about this he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him when he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law he asked them where the Messiah was to be born In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied. For this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi Magi secretly and found found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as as you find him, report to me, so that that I too can go and worship him. After they had heard heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen... (laughs) And the the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presents and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Thank you for praying for me. I really appreciate the prayer, and indeed I need uh, the prayer. Um, And my thought is that probably today isn't a day for a half-an-hour sermon. Okay, unless you want to kind of encourage me to preach a really good, thumping 45 minute, um, I really also want to give some thoughts on the passage that Georgina has read to us. Uh, it's very familiar. It's the story of the coming of the Magi to visit the Christ child. And of course, central to the story is the star. And I've just noticed how beautiful these stars are up here, actually. Okay. <laughs> Steph take, wants to take the credit. You take the credit. They are beautiful. They just. And then, of course, the star features there, and maybe it's on the top of your Christmas tree. Uh, maybe it's been on your Christmas card. If if the post office has actually managed to deliver your Christmas cards this year, uh, but of course, the star features, you know, in a big way in the whole. Christmas story, uh, actually, it's the heart of the Epiphany story, which is the visit of the Magi. Um, And it's the star, of course, that led the Magi to the Christ child. We're probably a couple of years on from the birth of the child, uh, uh, the, the, the infant Jesus. But it's the rising of the star that alerts these um, men from the east, um, nowhere does it say they're kings? Nowhere in the scriptures does it say that they were wise men. They were probably priests. Uh, there may have been more than three of them 
It's just they happened to bring gold and frankincense and myrrh. But it was the star in the sky that alerted them to the birth of a new king. Um, and somehow within the mystery of their religion, they were astrologers, um, stargazers, people who tried to interpret and understand reality through the stars. Um, and they understood that the star marked the birth of a new king. And so they began to travel quite a long distance, probably from Iran. And I'm told the distance between Tehran and Jerusalem is about 1,200 miles as the crow flies. This was a long journey, uh, but it was the star that led them. And as you've just heard, it led them first to Jerusalem and to an encounter with the current king of Judea, Herod, who wanted to find out where this new king was being born because he didn't want a rival on the scene. And indeed, some horrible things happened um, immediately afterwards. He was threatened by the thought of the birth of a new king. Um, but he did send them to Bethlehem, which was where the Jews believed that the Messiah would be born. And very beautifully, Matthew in his Gospel describes for us how the star um, became static over the home of uh, Mary and Joseph and the two-year-olds, say, uh, uh, Lord Jesus Christ. And they went into the home. And it says they bowed down and worshipped him. Just hang on to those words. They bowed down and worshipped him. And they gave a bit of themselves to him as a mark of their worship. They gave gold and frankincense and myrrh. You know the story was taught to you uh, when you were knee-high. And uh, it's still there, told to us every Christmas, every Epiphany tide. And there's so much in there, if we take time. You know, we could preach the thumping 45 minutes if we wanted to on this passage. Um, we could point to the fact that these magi were Gentiles. And that's significant because I guess most of us in this room are Gentiles. Uh, there may be some of us who are of Jewish heritage uh, and birth, but probably most of us were Gentiles, are Gentiles. And the fact is that from his infancy, the Lord Jesus Christ was drawing in people from beyond the boundaries of the Jewish faith. And this light that came in Jesus was a light to the Gentiles. Um, and these magi who were Gentiles were drawn to Jesus. Thank God that the gospel is for all comers. Thank God that the gospel broke out from its, uh, its Jewish origins. Uh, thank God that it's come to you and to me as Gentiles who are allowed to come right up close to the Lord Jesus Christ. We could really unpack that theme, but I want to offer three challenges to us um, at the start of a new year. And you've got your bit of card because it just, I'm going to, after I've said a little bit about each of them, I'm going to give a little bit of space for you, if you wish, just to jot down what you think God may be challenging you about as we come into 2023. Is that, is that okay? Uh, the first challenge is this, keep looking up. <laughs> keep looking up. You see, that's what astrologers have to do. They must get a crick in their neck. Because in the days before, you know, these huge 
um, instruments that we can point into the sky. Astrologers simply looked into the sky. Did you notice Christmas Eve? What a beautiful, beautiful, crystal clear evening it was. And the scars in the sky shone out so brightly. If you ever get a chance to go to Africa and see an African sky, <laughs> uh, you see more than a few pinpricks. You see something of the, is it trillions of stars that inhabit our universe? Uh, but I'm not asking you to be stargazers. Um, in fact, the Bible expressly commands us not to be like the Magi, those who interpret reality or try to interpret reality through the stars. But I do want you to be a God-gazer. And as I look at my 2023, what do I want to do? I want to look up. And there are so many tantalizing things in the world uh, around us. Am I the only person who occasionally is moved to tears in Morrison's or Sainsbury's? Honestly, when I see the plenty, the choice that we have in this country that countless people in other parts of the world never get a sight of, if we lift our eyes to the world around us, it will absorb our attention, and rightly so, because it is full of the glory and the wonder of God's provision but let's not allow the world to distract us from looking up. Um, let's not allow the world to distract us from being God-gazers, not of impersonal planets and stars in the sky, but is God asking you in some special way in 2023 to look up to the personal God? who set his heart of love upon the world, who's revealed that love to us paramountly in the gift of our Lord Jesus Christ, um, who wants to draw us and the whole world into relationship with him, and he can only do it by carrying the penalty for the world's sins upon the cross. But that personal Lord Jesus Christ, who's reached out to us in the crib and in the cross, who's now risen from the dead and reigning over the trillions of suns and stars, who is the king of the universe and who one day will come again. I think that's a neglected theme in the church, you know, that our Lord Jesus Christ before this day ends may come again. I so long that he might come again before my life ends but the, the, years, the chance of that is getting, getting less and less, isn't it? Well, for all of us as the years go by. But this personal God who set his heart of love upon you and upon me asks us to gaze upon him. <laughs> yeah, is that right? Asks us to be in relationship with him. Um, Normally, during Advent, I try to read an Advent uh, book of daily readings. And I came across this one. Um, it's the Archbishop of York's Advent book for 2021. I nearly got halfway through it when I realized it was last year's rather than this year's. Uh, and it's called The Music of Eternity. And I can't tell you how much it has blessed my soul. 
And it's all about the writings of a particular spiritual writer called Evelyn Underhill, who I'd heard about but never read before. And a big theme in Evelyn, writings, Evelyn Underhill's spiritual writings from the scriptures is, is that the world around us is full of the activity of God. <laughs> the world around us is buzzing with the activity of God and the speaking of God into human lives. And she speaks of the music of eternity. That if we only tune in, we can actually hear around us something of the music of heaven and the music that inhabits eternity. And she says at one point in her book this, only the author of human life can really teach us to live human life. Okay? Not the philosophers, not the politicians, uh, not the spiritual writers from outside the Christian tradition. He, and, he alone, she says, knows what it's meant to be. And the only way, the only way to lay hold of this secret or to recapture it is to come to God and be alone with him. And be alone with him. So here's a question. How are you going to build looking up into your life in 2023? When do you plan to be alone with him? Is that a fair question to ask? With the God who's reaching down, wanting our company. Great song, Harry. The, the, the Lord who invites us into his presence. Have a think. I'm just going to leave a few moments of quiet. If you want to jot something down because that's helpful to you, then jot it down. Um, if you just want to just make a mental note, that's equally good. But here's the question. How are you going to build lucking up into your life in 2023 when there's so much to look around at? How are you going to build looking up into your life? And when do you plan day by day to be alone with him. Let me just give you some quiet and time to think. Keep looking up, and you will find your way of being drawn into the presence, of not being a stargazer, but a God-gazer, um, with increasing uh, response of love to the God who's reaching out to you with the love of his heart. And the second is this, keep travelling. We'll keep the second question off for the time being. In fact, we've switched them all off as they're not a distraction. Um, the second thing is this, keep travelling. Uh, keep travelling. And maybe some of you have done some travelling this Christmas time. Uh, I've always been grateful. I'm a lifelong vicar. I've always been grateful at Christmas. that I've had a job to do, so people have had to travel to me. <laughs> um, now I'm retired, I have to start doing a bit more travelling out to family. 
and it is a big travelling time of the year. And I've just explained that the Magi did some big travelling. Um, it may well have taken them, I don't know, a year of travelling that 1,200, 1,500 miles. Uh, and then they get to Jerusalem and they think they've arrived and then they've got to go a little bit further to Bethlehem. Uh, and then, of course, they're warned in a dream not to return via Jerusalem because Herod doesn't want this rival. So they have to do perhaps a longer detour in order to get to Tehran or wherever it was in Iran that they were uh, returning uh, to. Uh, uh, and their journey to Bethlehem was a journey of anticipation. <laughs> uh, what will this new king look like? And their journey back from Bethlehem was a journey of discovery. Uh, they took back with them sights and sounds and experiences that they reflected on, no doubt, and spoke about on uh, the way. And that thought just prompted me, actually, to remember that the first Christians, before ever they were called Christians, were called, and some of you shouted out, if you know it, the people of the, the way. That's what the Acts of the Apostles tells us. The first Christians were called the people of the way. In other words, right from the start, they were people who were called not to settle, but to follow. They were people who were called onto a journey. And friends, I don't know where your journey will take you in 2023, and we have to go where we are sent, don't we? Isn't that the obedience that's right at the heart of Christian living, that we go wherever we are sent. But is there another journey, which is not a geographical journey, but it's a journey of the mind and the heart? It's a journey of not settling for where we are spiritually. I think one of the things that's caused me the most distress over my years in Christian leadership is seeing Christians who are not growing who are saying the same things and doing the same things 20 years on from when I met them 20 years ago. Their mind hasn't expanded. Their heart hasn't expanded. They've not gone deeper, but they've settled for a kind of spiritual superficiality. Friends, it's the bane of the life of the church. Uh, and why is it such a constant issue in churches? Because it is so much easier to stay where we are than to travel on into something greater and into something deeper. Um, when I retired 15 months ago, my, my big resolve, if you like, was to go deeper into God and to get to know him better. I've been a Christian for nearly 50 years. But right on my heart is a desire to know him better. Uh, the mystery of the profound, astonishing, majestic, beautiful God who invites us into an ever closer walk with him. Why do we ever settle for where we are? Why do we? When we have an opportunity to journey on into the depths of God, and into the riches, the incomparable riches of Christ, which will win our minds and will win our hearts afresh. 
day by day and year by year. So here's the second question. In 2023, how will you set out to travel further and deeper in your knowledge of God and your relationship with him? That's quite a big question, isn't it? Let me just give you a couple of minutes to reflect upon it. How will you be different this time next year? (laughs) Because you've been on a journey of the mind and the heart that's taken you from where you are now into something deeper and more wonderful. But what are you going to do to make that a likely reality? Or are you going to pitch up in a year's time and you're just where you were on the 1st of January, 2023? There's the question. And if it helps to jot something down, then jot it down. So keep looking up and keep traveling. And here's the third thing. Keep (coughs) worshipping. Keep worshipping. That's where the traveling took the Magi to a point where they worshipped the Christ child and they bowed down before him and they offered him gifts of gold and frankincense and... Here's a description of adoration. Adoration is humble, joyful, awestruck delight in God's splendor, beauty, action, and being in and for himself alone. (laughs) Shall I read that again? Adoration is humble, joyful, awestruck delight in God's splendor, beauty, action, and being in and for himself alone. And that's what we're called to. To humble, awestruck delight in the risen and ascended and glorious Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we're called to. It's what we invite the world to do. That they also might join us in adoring him. And friends, what we do now is the posture of eternity. Because wonderfully, we're going to adore him and worship him through endless, endless days. And I wonder if God is calling us into a fresh determination to worship, not just with our lips, but what is he asking us to give to him? What is our gold and frankincense and myrrh, which is the offering of our adoration and our worship? of the Lord Jesus Christ. So here's the third question, and then I'll finish. What is God asking you to offer to him as your gift of worship as this new year begins?
going to ask Harry and Amy to come back and to be ready to play for us. Very uh, familiar Christmas carol, but with powerful uh, sentiments which absolutely align with the message uh, this afternoon. Um, maybe you just want to hold the piece of card in front of you if you've written something on it. Maybe you just want to bring to your mind, um, how do I keep looking upwards? How am I going to do that in 2023? How am I not going to settle for where I am now? Maybe the superficiality of where I am now. How am I going to go to travel, to keep traveling into something deeper and higher and more wonderful? And how am I going to make worship the offering not just of my lips, but the whole of my life? So, Father, these are big questions. We pray that you'll go on speaking to us, whispering into our ears until we know what you're asking of each of us. That 2023 isn't just another year, but it's a year of God-gazing and a year of travelling deeper and a year when I yield more of myself and more of my life as a profound offering of worship to you, the King who's bigger than all the stars and who reigns over all things and who set his heart of love upon me. We want this to be a God year. Thanks for listening. We hope this time blessed you. Hit the subscribe button to hear more like this. And to find out more about Telferminster, follow us at Telferminster on Instagram and Facebook or go to telferminster.org.uk.